ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hot Pocket. By order of the Pinky Blood. Tres tigres tristes tragan trigo en un trigal. Hello, everybody. This is going to be a multilingual episode today, since we actually have um, we have a special guest. So this is going to be a bit different this week. Um, the regular guy, uh, you know, the good the good man Saad. He's MIA in MIA right now. Uh, he's with his family, having a good old time at the beach. So I replaced him with our affirmative action choice, Jared Golian. We have checked off the white man box today, Jared. Introduce yourself to the people. Hello, hello. Um, Cher, thank you for having me. You know, I'm just happy to bring some diversity to the podcast. Um, and yeah, if you guys heard, you know, I know a little bit of Spanish. And speaking of which, Cher, this actually isn't my first time on a podcast. I don't know if you know this. Um, <laughs> I didn't take a, you for an avid, avid podcaster. I mean, uh, it's a big part of my culture as a white guy. We listen to podcasts. Flip your cat. Flip, like this? Flip. Oh, there it is. Still, I'm still learning, as you can see. I'm holding this thing wrong. Tell him to hold the um, mic right. But no, nah, there was just there's a podcast called Hoy Hablamos, like a Spanish one, and like there was a they accepted user submissions for one episode, so they featured a little soundbite. But obviously, like co-hosting is a lot cooler than sending that in. So, wait, did you actually send it in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's like shit. a little soundbite to me on the thousandth episode. <laughs> oh, oh, a thousandth yeah, episode too. It was, it was pretty cool. That's kind of lit, bro. Simone Biles is the greatest gymnast of all time, most decorated, right? And in this Olympics, I think this is her third or fourth Olympics. She's obviously won countless world medals and Olympic Olympic medals. And for one of the team events, she actually pulled out. Mm-hmm. She pulled out, and uh, the reason that in the very beginning wasn't as known. Everyone was like, "Oh, what happened? Did she hurt herself? You know, what was the reason?" And then it came out that it was mental health concerns. And, and more specifically, it's something called the twisties. I don't know if you've heard this term. I've actually haven't. It's a it's a hilarious term for something that's not funny at all. Basically, um, I guess it's like a thing in the gymnast community. In in golf, it's called the yips. I guess in basketball, it's like a shooting slump. But oh. um, in gym in gymnastics, it's different because it's basically you kind of have like a disconnect between your mind and body. And like you're spinning and you don't know where you are in the air. And I mean, in gymnastics, if you fuck up, you die. Or yeah, you get paralyzed. No, you, you in basketball, can, you just miss a free throw. Yeah, and you you can literally break your neck from mm. like I mean, if you ever see the slow motions of her of her routines, she's literally in the air for mm. a good amount of time and like not not just mm. doing backflips, but also doing twists too. Right. Your, they, they make it look easy, but it's not. Your mind and body connection has to be perfect for it. Yeah, you know, and that's just. People who don't recognize that aspect of how dangerous gymnastics is, they just don't get it. <clears throat> so what had happened was um, she had mental health concerns. She wasn't feeling, uh, you know, up to par to participate. And so she backed out. A lot of her teammates supported her. There was a lot of, like, good support for her. But there was a certain group of people that kind of provided some backlash to her, mm-hmm. right? Which, to me, made no sense because... The way I like to think about mental health is, okay, treat it this as the same as a physical injury. So anyways, she pulled out and she got a lot of backlash, like most athletes do in high leverage moments. But this one's a bit different because it, it was genuinely around mental health concerns. Um, one of the things, actually an anecdote, 
uh, is earlier this week, I got into work early in the morning, right? And one of the guys that I normally talk sports with was like so eager to talk about it because I always talk sports, always debate with him. And he was like, all right, folks, let's talk about Simone Biles. Like, what did y'all think? And I was like, you know, I'm mo- I, I normally tend to side with the athlete anyways around this, around these kinds of things because it's like, yo, they're athletes. They have the power to do what they want. It's okay that she pulled out. He was like, oh, no. He, he, was being, he was on the complete end of the spectrum. He was like, no, 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 no. She quit on her team. Like, she quit on her team. Like, she, she, she should have, like, you know, that's the moment you work for and blah, 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 blah. And he was talking about how she was weak in that moment. And I was like, dude, like, have you ever had, have you ever dealt with anxiety or depression or anything? He said no. He was like, I, I feel sympathetic for it, but that's just not what you do. Yeah, and I think uh, I've noticed a lot of the people making <clears throat> negative comments. They've either never played sports, never had a mental health problem, or a combination of both. So yeah. they should probably shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's like people tend to ignore the fact that this woman literally was, she's she's on record for performing uh, like with broken toes, doing the beam balance. Like she has pushed through. And then not to mention, she is a survivor of one of the most horrific, like, scandals in Olympic history. Of, and, of and sporting she's actually, history. She's actually the, like, last person who was, like, a victim of him that's still on the Olympic team. Part of the reason she's still on the Olympic team is because she didn't want, like, the kind of coverage of that to fall away. She wanted to keep it in the spotlight. Yeah, she's done her part in highlighting the sexual abuse that all of 300-plus gymnasts that have gone through U.S. gymnastics... With their doctor, Larry Nasser, Nasser, Nasib, whatever his fucking... Who gives a shit? He's not yeah. the point of the story. Yeah, he's not. But just just background, Larry Nasser was the team doctor. For 25 plus years, he was, he was there. He assaulted, sexually assaulted, sexually abused mm. over 300 girls from ages like... Two, you, you know how young they are. Like, you yeah. look at the... You, you're watching the competition, and they show mm. their age. It's like 16-year-old, mm. 18-year-old. It's like, yo... This man was doing the stuff to these young, helpless children for years. For years, yeah. USA Gymnastics covered it up. They even tried. They they had an FBI investigation, and USA Gymnastics tried to throw their scent off, mm-hmm. saying, "No, we've mm-hmm. like handled it. Like there, there, everything's mm-hmm. all good." And Simone Biles is one of the survivors, right? And you're talking about somebody who's super young and has gone through that. And then on the top of the top of everything, she has like the whole hopes of a fucking country. You know what I mean? Like on her shoulders to get a gold. The con- yeah. the same country, the same organization, the USA Gymnastics that tried to bury all the evidence against her and all these other girls. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I see it, not only does she not owe anything to the shitty, you know, Olympics committee and the US Gymnastics committee, but just like to me and you, like just regular Americans, like I want her to do well, but if like she needs to pull out, if that's yeah. what she feels is best, like... She doesn't owe me shit. I don't have any right to, like, you know, yeah, force think- her to... You know, here's my thing. Can you imagine if people convinced her, like, oh, no, stop being soft. You have to perform. And she, like, broke her arm or, like, got paralyzed on a lift. Everybody would be, oh, prayers up for Simone. I'm so... This is so terrible this happened. And everyone would be all retroactively, like, sad and, yeah. you know. There, there was actually a, a gymnast. I'm blanking on her name. But she was in, like, the 80s, like, like, like mid to eight, late 80s. Mm-hmm. And after Simone Biles pulled out and she received a lot of backlash, a lot of people were coming to her defense. Mm-hmm. And this one gymnast, um, obviously a woman gymnast, she posted a video of her on the balance beam. She was like, I was sick, I was hurt, but I still pushed through. Mm-hmm. And I nearly ended my career because she did a flip on the balance yeah, beam and landed that. straight on her head. Mm-hmm. And like did something to her spine, her C4, C3, like 
spinal cord things. Yeah, and she was like, I wish I would have been strong as Simone to back out of it. And the funny thing about this whole thing is when when I was arguing with this guy at work, I argue with a lot of people at work, honestly. That's like my thing. No one wants to fuck with me at work because I will challenge you on it. So he was like, the earth, like literally the day before, he was telling me about this Netflix documentary that he watched about the USA Gymnastics. And he was saying how terrible it was and how toxic everything was. And there was this one gymnast who like completed a th- completed one of her routines. And like you could see that the coach was like, you're going to push through whatever you're going to whatever you're going through and like keep your eyes on me and you're going to do it. And this was his own words. He was like on the outside. That's like, oh, that, that's a good coach. He's pushing her. But on the inside, when you watch the documentary, that's abuse. And he literally yeah. was like, that's abuse. And the next very next day, this guy's like, oh, she quit on her team. Why would she do that? That's the highest leverage moment in your like career. And why would you do that? You quit on your team, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yo, like you were just literally arguing for the gymnast yesterday. And then you skip forward to today and you want to bash Simone Biles for putting herself above the sport. Yeah. I think that's what people have to understand is like they really have to put themselves like these people are people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Sure, they provide like a service or like entertainment, but they're humans. And I think a big theme that gets lost is that people feel entitled. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing a story, I think it was a Cubs player, like in the Major League Baseball a few years ago. He missed opening day because he wanted to be at the birth of his first child. And there were like legit people, like, it's always the fucking bloggers too, mm-hmm. but there were people like making, like writing think pieces and stories and they were complaining and it's like, like he, it's not like game seven, of the, even if it were, but like, yeah. it's just opening day and people are entitled. They think this athlete gets a big salary, so he should do whatever I want. He's here for entertainment. Yeah. They think this fantasy player should play through a broken hip because like I'm down two points in my league. I got a question for you. Hmm. How much of this do you think has to do with Simone Biles being black? I mean, without a doubt, it's a factor. I yeah. mean, like, and a woman, obviously, like mm-hmm. they're expected to just tough shit out. They're expected to just like deal with it. And there's... The narrative's always going to be different. That thing. I mean, a great example, your boy, Tom Brady. <laughs> when he yells at his teammates and he's being an asshole, what do they call him? They say, look how oh, great leader. He he's a passionate. Oh, he's a great leader. Yeah. When, when Cam Newton, he's a thug. When oh, Cam yeah. Newton's yelling at his teammates or fighting, beating greatest in the Josh yeah. Norman in practice, he's like, he's a criminal. When Cam Newton shows up wearing like a hat and like more dressed up and stuff, they're yeah. like, oh, he's a distraction. But when Tom does it, again, I love when Tom Brady. When Ryan Fitzpatrick is iced out. like you know, Yeah, wearing like a Cuban cares. link yeah. and like, yeah. They praise them. And that's I think that I think that's actually a really big thing. And I know, especially on this podcast, we harp on this a lot. But it's just the reality of the world. Like black and brown women always get the brunt end of things. And especially in sports. Like you look at Serena Williams. Same thing with like the whole Tom Brady thing. Serena Williams will Serena Williams is one of the greatest athletes of all time. But Mm -hmm. she's passionate. She broke her like racket, smashed it on the smashed it on the ground and you know, yelled at the umpire, which in if anyone, if Maria Sharapova did it, you'd everyone would be like, "Oh, look at Maria! Like she's right. so like you know, she had a bad passionate, day. yeah, bad day, troubled child." Instead, um, Nadal or Federer or someone, Novak Djokovic yeah. actually just did this in the Olympics, literally, I think earlier today or yesterday, mm-hmm. where he smashed his racket and everyone's calling him like a fiery, you know, competitor and whatnot, and. No one is like, but actually people are talking about like, imagine if like Serena did this, which she did. And they made like literally literal racist characters of her Yeah. on in like cartoons and stuff. They were like Serena, like Serena's being like a big baby and like her very racist. Like, you know what I mean? They painted her in like a extremely racist way. It was ridiculous to see. People also, I remember they tried to say that like 
after Serena got pregnant and like started like she kept winning they're like well maybe it's like an unfair advantage and it's like how stupid to like do you have to be to you know? it's it's you know if if it's a black woman succeeding in something and someone is standing against them nine times out of ten it's because they're black it's because they're not the other person is not comfortable with a black person being in that position mm. and that's why they're doing it just like in the figure skating and we're going to keep we're going to stay on this olympic topic because it's, it's endless events, it's I mean, it's endless yeah. of of examples there was an uh there was this figure skater in the 80s again and she was the first figure skater to land a backflip and landed on one leg makes no sense and she had a really good score and they gave her second they yeah. gave her. They gave her this. They gave her the silver medal, and she would. She she was like not standing they, on her they fort. They the move. You can't do it anymore. Yeah, because she was the only one who could do it. And guess what? She was black. Yeah, and uh, a woman. <clears throat> you said she, but yeah. Exactly. And actually, it's funny you say that because I mean I know Simone Biles. Like it's worth mentioning. She doesn't even get scored fairly. She does moves that people have never seen before. Like I don't know how she gets so much air, but like. They don't even score her fairly when she does compete. No, they're like it, I think like it was like the wording was like the, like the integrity of the sport, so other people have a shot too. Yeah, that like that's like, essentially that what it was. That sounds a lot like when the NCAA banned dunking because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was well, Lou Alcindor at the time was yaming on people. Yeah, and there was like these little five foot five math teachers couldn't guard him, and they were like, "Well, no one's gonna watch it if yeah. it's just a guy dunking the whole game." And this kind of goes back to another thing. Uh, and he we, was black too. Just yeah, we talked about this. Like, what is the standard? It's a European European centric, white centric standard where it's like, oh, like that's what we judge it off of. If you're too, you know, you can't wear a soul cap because your hair's too big, because the standard is white. I'm gonna bash on white people a lot today, Jared. Just <laughs> so you know. Fair enough. I mean, that's I'm not gonna sit here and defend uh, the shitty the shitty things that that I've seen. And actually, you know, another thing in the Olympics, have you heard about like the Norwegian handball team? No. So apparently, like. I mean, gymnastics, they have to wear leotards. Like, a lot of women's sports, they have to wear, like, little spandex and shit that's, like, giving them wedgies. <laughs> and the women's team decided they weren't comfortable, so they wore, like, just, like, some longer shorts. And mm-hmm. they all had to pay fines. Mm-hmm. They got fined for that shit. Yeah. Like, how... The people making those rules are some creeps. Like, Didn't the German team also have something like that where they protested mm-hmm. and they wore, like, longer sleeve th- longer sleeve shirts and longer shorts because they were like, I think they're volleyball players too. They were like, we don't want to be sexualized. And right. there's a lot of people, you know, standing up for them. And I'm just sitting back and I'm just thinking about all the European policies that, especially in France, it's like with where women can't wear hijabs right. in public spaces. It's like now these women, again, when white people do it, it's always like, you know, mm. lauded and applauded. Muslim, like they just won't let Muslim women breathe. And then white people stand up and they're like, hey, don't sexualize us. And we're going to wear what we want to wear. And it's like, yo, this, yes, good for you. Like, they're doing this. And then in in France and other European countries, wearing a hijab and wearing longer clothes and, like, mm-hmm. looser clothes is, like, looked down upon mm-hmm. from Muslim women. Like, people from obviously visibly different, you know? And it's just, it's just ridiculous. I think a lot of people are probably hearing this and maybe thinking, I mean, we have tens of listeners and they're probably thinking that, <laughs> You know, why are politics and sports always together? Those two things should be separate. But, like, sports don't happen in a vacuum. Like, they're a part of society. The people playing sports and performing have, like, they're human beings. Like, they should be able to make a stance. Like, if they're being treated unfairly, they should be able to voice that concern. Yeah, absolutely. Politics has always been a part of sports. And also use that 
platform to speak up. Like Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick yeah. did, like Muhammad Ali did. Muhammad Ali went to jail for not wanting to go to Vietnam mm-hmm. and to God knows yeah. for what reason, you know? Mm-hmm. That's America! Um, but anyway, so I think we were going to talk about uh, Michael Che. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are under 40 years old and don't watch <laughs> Saturday Night Live, um, he I guess he's the host of like the, what is it, like the weekend thing? Weekend or, update. I think he might be a comedian. He is you know, actually... Like the loose definition. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, so... Michael Che is pretty funny. I have seen like bits and pieces of his stand up and he he is a pretty funny guy. But like you said, this one I'm not with him on. So back to the Simone Biles thing. He had posted on Instagram basically saying, um, I have about like three minutes of Simone Biles jokes in my head. I'm gonna I'm not gonna say them. I'm gonna be at this comedy club tonight. I'm gonna do it then, show up, whatever. And then he left it open for his audience to kind of send in jokes. And one of these jokes was like about Larry Nasser and Simone Biles being assaulted. And he was like, he responded, distasteful joke, nine, to- nine out of ten. And then there was, there was also another um, racist joke aimed at Simone Biles that he, uh, that he basically also gave an eight out of ten for. Mm-hmm. And... I'm all for comedians pushing the envelope. Come- I give I give more grace to comedians when it comes to kind of like touchy subjects because they're comedians. That's they're their spo- job. They're supposed to talk yeah. about stuff that's touchy, you know? Yeah, but I think that he kind of crossed the line in that. Where, where, where do you stand in that? Like, mean, what's there, your opinion? I feel like there are certain things that like are just not funny. Like no matter like, – I don't care if Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, and you know Richard Pryor have a baby. Like there's no one funny enough to make like – a mass molestation and sexual assault case humorous. Yeah. Like, there's just certain things you can't talk about. I think my idea of, of that was like, you can talk about that stuff and be funny about it. There's a certain way to, to doing it, but like you can make fun of Larry Nasser, Like you can make fun of Hitler. Right. Sure. But you cannot, I think you can't make fun of like Jews that were like affected in the Holocaust. And same thing with like, you can't make fun of sexual it, assault I mean, survivors. If right. You do it better be like, the funniest joke of all time. Yeah, like, it <laughs> better be fucking hilarious if you're gonna do yeah. that. You yeah. can make fun of. You can't make fun of the victims. You can make fun of the victor. I don't know. I don't what, think that's the correct. What, yeah, word, but the, I see what you're trying to say. You know, judge my physical, mental, fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. Make fun of Larry Nasser for being a fucking creep. Don't make fun of Simone Biles for having yeah. being fucking traumatized. But this is a good segue. I have a question i was kind of pondering like when we were discussing this earlier do you think that our generation and the generations behind us keep getting softer i feel like i've heard this talking point before like yo like we're getting softer i don't think it's that we're getting softer i think we're just getting more educated i think we're Mm -hmm. getting more educated more things about men because like bro back then when you had like headaches and like you you had you had like an actual frontal mm. lobe issue. They thought the devil was in your head, and right. you had to get a frontal lobotomy. Right. Like they had they had to put a hole in your head to like get, make the spirits go away. Mm-hmm. So moving past hundred years past that, medicine grows. Mm-hmm. You learn more about it. I think there is some truth to people who are just hypersensitive mm-hmm. in these topics, where it's like, you know, like if you say someone's pronouns wrong that you didn't know. Some people might be like, yo, why the fuck did you say that? Yeah, like, time out. I wasn't aware of that this person wanted, oh, yeah. wanted or, to be called or, he or, he or yeah. she. 
if you use Ellen Page's name, I guess you get canceled because that's like her dead name and you aren't allowed to use it, which I learned this recently. But yeah, like see? stuff like that, I mean like you know, this is I don't know, I don't want to get too I mean, I don't actually give a shit. We always Baby, get political. It's, it's but hot like, pocket. We do whatever we yeah, want that's, on that's here. That's a fact. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, people, I think people do get upset about certain things, but you're right. Like as society progresses, my uncle, he was in the Marines mm-hmm. and he told me how, what we now call PTSD in World War One. you know what they called it? What? Either shell-shocked or cowardice. Hmm. There were quite literally hundreds of British soldiers who were executed by the state for cowardice, for because executed they, did you yeah, just say like executed? legitimately executed yeah and they were like punished and they were came back and they were disgraced because like i mean people with severe ptsd like they can have symptoms where they can't talk they can't communicate like there's all kinds of shit going on before we understood it people said oh they're they're cowards they abandoned their country yeah and like obviously we know that now that like it's it's, it's stuff you can't control like you see your buddy dying like it's gonna affect you and i think as as we as society progresses we're supposed to like have these realizations like Oh, maybe if um someone's going through a mental health crisis, they shouldn't have to perform in the Olympics. Maybe if you see your buddy die, you shouldn't like. It's okay to come home and like have problems. And exactly. I think I, the, the overall theme, I think, is that like we should just continue to educate ourselves because it's always like people who they've never been to war, they have never played a sport, they've never really done anything, who have the loudest voices. And I mean, nowadays, like anyone can, any fucking idiot can make a podcast. <laughs> what are you, you trying know? to say, Jerry? Any- <laughs> Any idiot can like start a think piece or have a Twitter. So like a lot of people can amplify their voice for better or for worse. Yeah. You know? And I think we, we tried to push this on hot pocket again. Like it's, it's really about kind of going out and doing your own research. It's not even when I was, when we say education, it's not like, like a formal education about school and four years of school and whatnot. It's mm-hmm. literally just different experiences and different, you know, talking to people, just, talking to you know. different groups of people. I never forget. This is actually like freshman year, maybe sophomore year. You told me, you were like, yo, I wish my family, your, your other end of the family, Extended who's like family. Nebraska and like... North Dakota, don't be disrespectful. Okay. What, it's all the same. It's all the same down yeah. there. That that end of the family, you were like, I wish they could meet you because the only Muslims that they've seen is either on Fox News or the ones they fought against in Iraq or in Afghanistan. Yeah, and I, that shit has always sat with me. I'm like, yo, that's very true because it's like... There's a part of me that like wants to blame like all like the mm. conservative and right people, but... I mean, I can blame them because there's a large right. part to blame. Like, yo, you're like 25 years old. You should be expanding right. your thought. But it's like sometimes that's all they know. That's the yeah, environment you, they grow you, up you, in. You, I mean, my, my uncle who I'm referring to, who will not be named, not the cool <laughs> one who's in the Marines, the other one who's crazy. Um, he um, like he grew up in North Dakota. He went to the he joined the army when he's 18, like everyone else in my family, my extended family. And then he came back and he, lives in, he, family, he currently man. lives in South Dakota. So he's not exactly a world traveler. Yeah. And like, again, I can only blame him so much because like, what has he seen? No disrespect to like people from the wonderful Midwest, like very nice people. But like, you know, people who kind of stay in their own hometown and have the same friends and like, if you don't experience certain things, you know, you're going to have like a different perspective. You need to talk to people, understand people and give people a chance, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think... I think it, it says a lot about folks who are just in... It's in the bubble. They're in a bubble. They don't know shit outside of their bubble. Speaking of bubbles... Um, <laughs> what the fuck are you about to get I'm into? Still, I'm still getting used to the podcast stuff, but I see, you know, we also wanted to talk about coronavirus. It's, I mean, current events and... 
we thought this shit would be over with by now, but nah. What is it? A year and a half later, and it's still like the Delta some, some variant. Case, some countries are having their worst surges like now. Shout out to Saad, who's sitting in Florida right now, where Florida just had the most like the night. I was like nineteen thousand daily cases. Yeah, Saad, Saad gonna, you better gonna put you in a bubble when you come back. Oh yeah, we're, I'm not seeing you though. Like two weeks after, we're gonna make sure yeah. Saad is quarantined. And then, and then Saad can re-enter society. Yeah, my, my girlfriend will be in Miami, so she'll enter testing protocol. Oh, she no. Returns, so. Yeah, you yeah. know, my, my parents and sister actually just went to Pakistan, and I'm just like, at this point, I'm kind of like, yo, should I have actually sent them? Because... They're, it, they are vaccinated, right? I mean, no, they're fully so vaccinated, but good. like, what, Delta, Tango? Delta's not a fucking joke, bro. Yo. I just, there's a Lambda variant, like, it's not a joke. Supposedly, you can get Delta through contact with your eyes. So what are we, are we how are we I'm, supposed to I'm protect kinda, against I'm that? I'm kind of scared, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm still going out and I already bought a lot of plane tickets. I'm not going to cancel it, but I'm I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want to deal with this anymore. You already spent too much money on traveling. No, nah, dude, it's it is there it is, is spirit, it's not that much. <laughs> spirit. Yeah. You're going to turn into a spirit if you keep flying, spirit, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to talk. That's a whole other topic. Fuck spirit. Don't ever fly them. It's not worth it. Well, you still have like two pending tickets from spirit. Yeah, they can't. I don't want. I'm gonna get sad. Let's just let's <laughs> okay. just move on. I'd rather talk about something positive like Corona. Like Spirit just gonna bring me down. Yeah, let's talk about five hundred thousand dead people real quick. Now, I think there's um, it's at this point I don't know who to blame anymore. Is it is it the right? Is it the South? Like, is it the young people not wearing masks and being well, invincible? I think it's funny because like the. I mean, we can blame the unvaccinated. I oh, think it's safe yeah. to say. Like, if it's one group, even, it's yo, them. even Trump. All the stupid shit he said. Even Trump was like, the only way to end the pandemic is vaccines. Even he said that shit. So, and Granted, I'm not he a, said that shit all right, late. You know, what he mean? said a lot of things that were. That was like one of the very few things he said that was like kind of true. Right. But like, we had the vaccine. There was like billions of dollars of research, and the top scientists came out that. And the reason we haven't stopped Corona is because people just don't want to take it. And yeah. it's a lot of weird overlap of groups who don't want to take it, like a lot of Republicans, a lot of like, you know, like African-Americans who distrust the system for good reason. And very like, good reason. Yeah, a lot of like very strange groups that don't have a lot in common that seem to not want the vaccine for various reasons. A lot of them are just nut jobs. People who think that it makes you magnetic. Um, there's my extended family I mentioned earlier <laughs> who thinks that like, you know the vaccine goes against god's will and god is the only protection you need which like so, yo do you remember wellington huh our, our uber driver bro oh my <laughs> i told god. this story when i came back on our first episode back and now we actually have jared in the flesh who experienced listen. wellington with us listen, bro. wellington said that he he's not first of all we were like unmasked which was stupid as fuck in in the because we we were just like two hour flights we were we were wearing our masks and everything so when we got in the uber we kind of like took it off i actually don't remember if you did but i definitely did yeah and then wellington goes yeah i'm not vaxxed because um they're trying to rewrite our DNA because our yeah. DNA says like Jehovah and they want to like, they're getting us ready there, for there Antichrist. Something remarkable about, you know, we only interacted with this man for a 15 minute car ride and it started off like, where are you from? Oh, Brazil. Very cool. And it ended with like, he was yelling as we got out of the car, like the mark of the beast. And yeah. like, you will get like, you'll die. You go to hell if you get the vaccine. Yeah, that was that he was an introduction. He can be on a podcast, dude. He can he can. Talk. I would love to have Wellington here. He yeah. Wellington, if you're listening for some reason, <laughs> somehow maybe he kept email. tabs on us. Wellington, email, bro. he was a lexicon of knowledge, man. I tell still you, because he might not have, you know, he might not have survived in the going south. Through it, and he's not vaccinated. Since we're on Corona, I kind of wanted to get your take on the origins of Corona. China. <laughs> right, where do you okay? What do you think is more likely that China? 
being this propaganda that's always around the United States about China. Free Taiwan, to, uh, free Hong Kong. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with you there. It's not banned in China. Now, yeah, now we can't. Hot Pocket is now officially They're banned. They're not gonna China. hear this. Don't worry. Uh, you never know. Uh, we have we have at least three FBI guys. Maybe we, we maybe we drop one. They're like, oh, yeah. they got a white guy on. Maybe this is fine. But we definitely have FBI guys listening. Shout out to y'all. But what do you think is more likely that China released this virus on Earth as like a diabolical plan, or that maybe they made a mistake? Maybe they were researching this shit and it got out. In your I mean, opinion, bro, like I don't, you know, China. Well, listen, you know, they've they've done some questionable uh, human rights violations, as a lot of superpowers have. But I mean, this particular thing, I think it's like pretty obvious that like it was just an accident, and accidents happen. But they tried to cover it up; it spread. They are really being shady about the investigation. They have a lot of power, so they're like blocking investigations into the origin, and you know, it's. It seems pretty clear to me that the one of three labs in the entire world and the lab with the j- largest sample of coronaviruses being the source of an outbreak, it seems more likely it came from a lab than like a wombat having sex with a pangolin or whatever like they said <laughs> happened. A fucking bat soup. I yeah. think, you know, I agree. I, I do think that maybe... And again, I have not done any fucking research on this, so I'm not trying to like. It's a big part of podcasting. You don't want to, you know, go deep into it. It's all instinct. Yeah, it's all instincts. It's all opinions. It's a half joke. No, it's funny, but like, I think it's way more likely that they were trying to research because they research different variations of viruses. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it is, they they do that. America does it. Turkey, does, like all yeah. these countries, do it. But I think that there was some kind of mishap and it got out like a sci-fi movie, if I may say. Yeah. It got out and it infected people because it was a deadly infectious virus, you know? So I don't think that China had some fucking diabolical plan like like the United States wants to paint it as. Like, oh, this is China's fault. Like China did it. I think it's only China's fault if they're trying to like cover it up and mislead mm-hmm. people on like the origin yeah, of it. Which they are. I Well, I... Art, I'm not. I'm not entirely they, sure. Uh, actually, so I, I learned about this recently. Australia called for um, like an independent investigation of China, like to find out the origins. And they did something where like they announced they would stop importing Australian wine, which is like one of their largest imports. And they're putting a bunch of sanctions on them, and they're like super pissed. And that's the problem. They have a lot of power. So like, China has a tremendous amount of know, power. Yeah. And um, I think that's also part of the reason why United States is always so like anti-china propaganda right like i'm one of those people that i you know i think you are too where whenever the united states does something you kind of take it with a grain of salt when they say stuff the olympics is happening so i'm like a little bit more patriotic than normal. (laughs) like fourth of july was a few months ago i started fishing so like i'm a little bit more than normal but jared's Jared's white jeans are kicking in (laughs) my girlfriend played nickelback in the car and i could like feel my third eye opening i mean this is the real me no jared we've lost you Nah, but um I think that when, especially with this whole coronavirus in China thing, is that when stuff like this happens, countries specifically like the United States, they tend to lean even more heavier on their, like, racist pedigree. Mm -hmm. They started talking about, like, oh, because of the Chinese wet markets and this and that. You actually told me something about the the Spanish flu. Yeah, so I hope this is true. If not, we're going to cut it out of editing, but from what I understood... The Spanish flu didn't start in Spain. It came from the U.S., I think from Kansas. The only reason we call it the Spanish flu is because Spain had a free press at the time, and they were, like, the first to report on it. So 
You know, I don't know, and that's a great question. Like, I wonder if at that time people were like being racist to Spanish people, which I don't know if that happens, but oh yeah, I they think were it saying does. they're lazy, and I don't like you know, but it's kind of cra- like what you were saying. There was like people at the beginning of the pandemic that said like, is it? They were asking if it's safe to order Chinese food, and like, all dude, Chinese people were like, getting like, beat. Yeah, in the street. No, not even Chinese people that are just Asian. And Asian white in general. Can't tell the difference. And so. that's the thing. That's that's the ignorance of American racism is the fact that after nine eleven. Sick folks, people who seek so not like not like people that are terminally ill, like seek like yeah. So so when you when you when you talk about like just a little knowledge thing in in Urdu and Punjabi, it's called sick, right? But in English, but, obviously, I, that's in, sick. In, like, but what gringos say is what people are. Yeah, understand. to to appeal to the brains of the whites, we have to say Sikhs, like a Sikh kebab or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking sick. But so sick people who wear the turban. They were getting attacked in New York because these dumbass racist people were like, yo, go back to your country. It's like, yo, first of all, they're not even Muslim. Also, just because like people in like the Muslim countries. Yeah. And then, okay, so say Muslims did do it. There's over a billion Muslims. They're painting it with with one brush. And also, it was kind of proven that Saudi Arabia, they came from Saudi Arabia. Like there was Saudi Arabian passports. Somehow, this fucking, this is the funniest thing to me. I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, go for it, dude. Two buildings. One of the large, two of the largest buildings in the world fucking evaporated from two planes, right? But somehow they found, they found passports at the site. They, they literally. covered in the rubble? I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they uncovered passports. There's two massive buildings that just fell. But somehow yeah. these passports survived. That does seem suspicious. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, instead of doing something to Saudi Arabia, we invade Iraq and Afghanistan. So it's like, I mean, yo, we could actually. There's a separate podcast I was listening to. Then they just talk. About you listen. Hold on, hold on. You listen to another podcast besides Hot Pocket. Oh, this is awkward, dude. You cannot cheat on us like that, dog. I mean, listen, I, you, you guys. When did you guys start? Like a month ago. <laughs> we just started like a month ago. I was your first. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, like, I already got a like broken a whole, heart, Jared. Don't a do this podcast, to me, bro. Like, just about the Iraq War. It's like an eight-part series. Um. I don't remember the name, but, like, movie... It's just too much to talk about right now. Oh, yeah. Like, the U.S. basically went in there because, like, two or three white people convinced George Bush that we would look soft if we didn't attack someone. Yeah. And we were like, well, I mean, you know, they... They're not gonna defend. People think we won the Iraq War because, like, I guess Iraq didn't invade us. But, like, we didn't win. We didn't... We there, didn't know how to win. We just were there and bombed some people and then left and, like... Killed, you know. killed a couple million civilians and just took their land and their food and their gold. But yeah, that's that's how it tends to go. It is called slow burn. So I know I shouldn't be recon- recommending other podcasts. I'm not. On the show. I'm not including this. We All can't right. get no love <laughs> to other people. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, anyway, Sherry's getting a little jealous of his. You know, baby. I'm a hurt little boy. Anyways, let's. Uh, you actually before before Corona actually kicked off. Um, you were actually traveling those parts, weren't you? I did. Traveling those parts not. of the world. Yeah. Where'd you go? And have, let's just start there. How many countries did you touch? Because you were you were down there for a minute, weren't you? We were you there for like three, four months. It was a good time, dude. So yeah, back in uh, summer of tw- summer of 2019. So like before the kind of world went to shit. Um, <laughs> the I, last good I summer. Start? I had I got a after I graduated, um, I bought a one way ticket to Bangkok, um, which is in Thailand, and then I hit. 
I visited Taiwan, which is where my sister was living at, at the time. She just got back to the U.S. Laura, if you're listening, welcome home. Welcome um, back. So after Taiwan, I went to, uh, I was in Malaysia. I was in Vietnam for two months. Very interesting country. Indonesia, Singapore. So I guess I had six. Damn. So I'm very, very, very grateful for the opportunity because it was, it was awesome. I traveled totally by myself. Um, and yeah, I mean... I would do it again in a heartbeat. You were backpacking. You were staying in hostels. You I was were eating dollar street food. I was you were getting rides from houses. random men. Bro, I hiked like five times, bro. Like there was, I got, I got some Thai massages. Oh, whoa! Just a I don't believe you. Believe what you want to believe. <laughs> I don't believe you. Asking me is a HIPAA violation. Um, <laughs> but it was just, a, it was an amazing experience. You had, you had some good times with some um, lady boys down there. Listen, I'll say this on the record. Lady boys are gorgeous. All right? And you guys... You can't tell them apart. Listen, listen, go to Thailand, get back to me. Like, I'm not... Like, a local guy in Thailand told me the most beautiful person in the world is a lady boy. And, like, there's so many women. I, I saw them and they're like, hey. I mean, like, <laughs> what you trying to... No, I'm kidding. I no, might but, have to Yeah, go. I'm telling you. It's just, like, those kind of... For some reason, it's, like, really accepted there and it's normal and, like... Until you go, like... I guess it should be, right? Like, let people be who they want to yeah, be. I guess. But just, like, you know, that's a part of the culture there. And, like, there's cultural differences in every country. And Absolutely. Like, we do shit here that they think is weird. And I think... Actually, I don't think I told you this one funny experience was when uh, I was in a restaurant in Malaysia. And I was eating, like, most of my experience in Asia, I would, like, point at the menu and then they would bring something out. Because you couldn't I, say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. But the lady's like, like, you like it? And I, like, nodded. She said, it's cat. And I was like, yo, like, I, I was no. like, you're lying. And then she started laughing and, like, she was joking, but. Wait, funny. was she joking? Yeah, or? She, was, she was completely. <laughs> and then, like, everyone, like, she was laughing at me. And it's like, they, they're aware of, like, the stereotype. Like, she, like, barely spoke English and still said that. It That's was funny. so fucking funny, bro. Yeah. I, you know, I think. Again, we were going back to, like, the Michael Che thing. Like, he, obviously, he's crossed some lines and stuff. But I think stereotypes are funny as shit, bro. Like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. go on record to say it. I think stereotypes are really fucking funny because a good m- majority of them are like, not, like, the super racist stuff. Let me just, like, say that. Right. But there's a good bit of them that are, like, just, like, rooted in some truth. Every good joke contains some kind of truth, right? Or, I mean, I think even when you, like... When you see, like, an Olympic event, it's, like, the 100 meters, and it's, like, just eight black guys. Yeah, or, or like... like, one random guy from, like, Slovenia or something. It's just yeah, funny. it's like, okay, it's like, he's not why, winning. I don't know why. Like, we're just slow, and we can't... Like if, a gym, like, if in the Olympic event, you see a Jamaican lined up, and you see someone from the U.S., and then from Canada, and something, I'm gonna put my money on the Jamaican. Why? It's proven track record, bro. Proven no, track no, record. Oh, that... Hey, there it is. I'm, I'm an idiot. I didn't even catch on to that. Yeah. But yeah, you know, just like um, what what's a is there a, is there a white person stereotype? Just like being a, a Karen stereotype. I mean, oh no, no culture. Like school shooters. Like oh yeah, man. yogurt. Yeah, see, school shooters, for example. I hate that that's the thing, but I, I mean, like if you look at the numbers, like I don't know what it is. Overwhelmingly white. It's not even close. Yeah, and it's, it's all like men too. It's like you know, yeah, it's all men. Yeah, I mean, we can't jump. That's one for sure. That's fair. I mean, that, that that's also true. That is fair. I mean, that's a shame. What's um, 
Yeah, what's the Pakistani we stereotype? Think, I guess we think like mayo is spicy. That, yeah, the yogurt American, is spicy. Like I was saying in Asia, like a lot of times the one English word people would know is spicy. So I'd be at restaurants pointing at like some Chinese characters on a menu and they say spicy and I would nod. Yeah. I'd say, are you sure? And I would nod again. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's because white people just can't handle it sometimes and like, you know. Can't handle the spices. Right but no, that, that's 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 funny that even across the world they're like, yeah, yeah white people can't eat spicy food. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't, I honestly, right now, I can't think of any like Desi stereotypes. Um, Desi being Pakistani and Indian. Um, there's always like those uncles with the, with the big, big beer. It's, I can't even call it a beer belly because not a lot of Muslim people drink beer, obviously. But it's like they still have it somehow because they're just unhealthy motherfuckers. They're like, yeah. you know, you know what my favorite thing is? This is what my uncle does. And I have like a bunch of family members that actually do this where, They'll eat like three baratas in the morning and like the greasiest meal. And then they'll go outside, do like 10 jumping jacks and t- like go on a walk. And then they'll come back and brag about how they went on a walk. And it's like, this I'm a healthy is, person. And, yeah, I'm like, yo, please. I think everyone has that uncle or I dad. I, know, I wouldn't call this a Pakistani. I think it's just a dad stereotype. But I think every everyone has the shared experience of like their dads will brag about waking up at 4.30 in the morning and then they'll fall asleep watching TV at like 7 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, that's just universal, honestly. When we were when we were going to New Orleans, my dad was like, you have to get... This is, this is not an international flight. This is a domestic too, flight. Yeah. My dad was like, you got to get there four hours in advance. I was like, yo, what am I supposed to do for oh, yeah, four I, hours? I told you, my, as a kid, um, my dad, we had a flight to visit some family like in the Dakotas. And I remember my dad called a shuttle bus. Me, my mom, and my sister, and my dad, we all went. The sun wasn't even up. It was like 3.30 in the morning. We got to the airport. We checked in. And we waited for four hours, bro. And it's like, why are dads like this? Why? What are they worried about? I think it's like once you have that first kid, you just kind of go into like a dad mode. Like you just... I feel like when you have your first kid... Haley, if you're listening, shout out to you. (laughs) If you have your first kid, bro, like... I feel like there's automatically going to be like a pair of new balances on your feet. And like the, not the not the cool 992s yeah, the, like the, the old white, joints. White yeah, yeah, which is like the the real lawn mowing dad shoes. Yeah. And you're going to wear those polos all the time. This is going to happen, just bro. Just a matter of when, honestly, you just got to put it off for as long as you can. Exactly. Another question before we end this. Mm-hmm. Do you think we will ever live I'm not even talking about in our lifetime. Do you think we'll ever actually live in a world without racism it's actually funny you say that because like i was thinking one day like i believe in aliens i don't think aliens look like you know the green-eyed big head motherfuckers Mm -hmm. you think about but like do you think aliens would be racist i think that's a better question i think if we the only way to combat racism i think albeit temporarily is if like all of humanity unites against one thing clearly coronavirus well, that, we, we, that would have been perfect, but we were busy saying fuck Asian people. Like, we could have all united and worked together. That didn't work. We need something else. Maybe war. There but you have if it. If we go to war against aliens, then just maybe we can all work together and pretend we all get along. War and chaos is the most human thing possible. So yeah. what you're saying is we, we need to unite as a species against an extraterrestrial species or it has to be and go to war with maybe them maybe like like deer start taking over the <laughs> world like it sounds like a rick and morty episode but like we all gotta unite against an animal or something maybe that could do it i mean i think there's already a war on animals like we've had so many animals go extinct yeah. but honestly i think that's actually we a really lost, good point we lost a few i mean if you want to talk about the australian emo wars next episode that's that's a topic worth getting into i think that's a little too white for me well, but you are welcome back anytime this is gonna be a note big milk I mean, I'm, we'll get into it. I'm signing i'm signing I'm, you're, you're signing an nda and <laughs> 
a whole non-competitive agreement with this. So there you have it. Jared thinks, here we go. Jared thinks that uh, to, to solve racism, we need, to re- we need to unite against aliens. And I not mean, think that'll do it for idea. us. I, mean, I, I honestly think racism is as human as humans are. I think that's you think, just... You think animals are racist? You know those dogs are who are like... Are they capable of that higher thought? I don't know. I think maybe... You know how like dogs yeah. take on their owners and humans' behaviors and stuff. That's true. Maybe if the owner's like extremely racist, because you know how you know how people always have those dogs and they're like, "Oh my dog's racist because he bl- he barks at black people," and it's like, "Yo, like, what are you, what are y'all doing in the house yeah. that's making the dog get that energy?" Because they're very energy driven. Like, right, if your if your parent says the n word, like it's your, oh your, yeah, your parent heard it somewhere. Bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's some explaining. That's something. There's that that needs explaining. But I think we're gonna wrap it here, you guys. I don't actually, you know, I don't even think we did a proper introduction. Like, so here, so I'll do the introduction towards the end, just like me and Sad have done countless times. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode nine of Hot Pocket. This is Sherry R. This is Jared. And we are signing off. Sayonara. Um, isn't Aloha also goodbye in Hawaiian? Dude, you know, Shalom, maybe say it, say it in Arabic. Because you're learning uh, Arabic. Masalama? Probably the same in uh, Urdu, right? I don't know. Masalama? Right? No, nah, we say Khudafis, Alafis, Shabakhad. Well, Shabakhad is uh, good night. Sabah al would be the response. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Alright, Assalamu alaikum, Jared. Wa alaikum salam. There it is, my brother. Yeah.